thought Wes was leaving too. You're too old, brother. Hey, uh, so glad to have you here this morning. We are in the final week of this series. We've been talking about this new year and new year, uh, new you. And the question that's kind of driving this whole thing that, that for these three weeks is, how do I bridge the gap from the who I am to the who God wants me to be right now? How do I bridge the gap from where I am and who I am right now to who God wants me to be? Because we have to understand that we are all a work in progress, that nobody has arrived. No one is to the point where they've got it all figured out and we're all good. And, you know, and that's true in all walks of life. A life is about learning. And uh, I, one of my mentors always said, when you stop learning, uh, you're through. And so that was the thing that's been ingrained in me, is when you stop learning, when you stop trying, when you stop changing, you're, you're through. And that's what is true in life, but it's especially true in our walk with God. When we stop learning, when we stop trying, when we stop growing, when we stop moving from who we are to who God wants us to be, we start moving away from God to who we want to be. And one of the things that really drives whether we're moving towards God or away from God, because that's the reality of life. You're moving towards God, I'm moving towards God, or I'm moving away from God. So one of the realities that drives that is about our priorities that we have. And so here's a question for you to kind of get you to kind of jump us off the, the cliff here to think about this. Is there anything wrong with the choices that I'm making right now? <clears throat> so that's the question. Think about your life. Think about where you're at. Think about your walk with God. Think about your relationships. Think about your parenting. Think about how you deal with your parents. Is there anything wrong with the choices I'm making right now? Now, that's a tough question to self-answer. If you're courageous, ask someone who knows you. But here's what I always say. If you ask a question, you better be prepared for the answer. Because if you ask a question and expecting to hear, oh, dude, you are great, you're good, it's, you're, you, know, you don't need to do anything, that'd be great. But the truth is, we want to move from who we are to who God wants us to be. We don't want to get stuck. We don't want to move backwards. And so sometimes we have to change our priorities. And so let me say this up front, and I'm going to say it probably a couple of times. Okay, when you say yes to something in life, when you say yes to something, when you say yes to a priority change in your life, you are by default and by definition saying no to something else. Okay? Priorities are about the choice. So when you say yes to I'm going to get out of bed at 6.30 and go to the gym, you're saying no to sleeping at 7.30. Make sense? So when you say yes to something, you always say no to something else. We need to understand that, and we're going to talk about that uh, as we go through the day. but So what I want to do before we dive into what we're going to talk about is I want to show you how something becomes a priority. And we don't think about this. And this is kind of the thought process, and this was in a book by Tom Rainer that I read years ago, and he talks about the pro how something in your life becomes a priority, the thought process we go through that we don't even think about, we just fly through these things. But this is how something becomes a priority. So you're faced with a decision, and the first thing you think is this, I could do that. You know, that could be something that, that I could do. That, that's something that I, you know, I, I could choose to do that, but I might not. But I could choose to do something different in its place. And so that's where it all starts. You know, I, 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 could, I could do that. Whatever it is 
And we're going to talk about some things in just a few minutes. Now, if you pass that, and a lot of people don't, you go to a might. Well, you know, I could do that. So, you know what, I might. Yeah, I, I might do that. I might consider this change in my life. I, I might. Well, but you know, something else might come along better. I worked on a college campus for three and a half years, and let me tell you, there's nothing more frustrating and nothing more awesome than working with college kids. It is the most awesomely frustrating thing I ever did in my life. And here's why. Because I have seen numerous times students sitting there ready, with their, they are ready for dinner, ready for Bible study, the stuff we're going to do on Thursday, get up and walk out of everything okay? Yeah, I just got a better offer. So-and-so called. I'm, I, was just, I just came here because I didn't have anything better to do. But now I do, so I'm out. Love and honesty hurts a little bit. Right? And that's kind of where might is. Might is, I might do this unless something better comes along than I might not. Now, if you make past might, if you push past that, you get to can. I can do that. This is something I can do. It's something I have the ability to do. It's something that's probably important. It's something that, that you know, I can figure this out. I can do this. Ah, but maybe I won't. You see, it, we don't think about this. This is how something becomes a priority in your life. But we fly through these things. And if you get past can, you get to sh- I really should do that. I should, I should be in church more often. I should be a better parent. I should, you know, take care of my kids. I should work harder at work. I should take care of myself. I should, and, and on and on. And I should. But with every should, there's a should not. Eh, but maybe it's not really something I want to do. And when you get to priority, you tell yourself, I will do that. Not I could, not I might, not I can, not I should, but I will. I am going to make this happen. Or sometimes... It is, I will stop doing that. Because remember, when you say yes to something, you have to say no to something. And that is best uh, displayed in the life of a guy named Daniel. Now, we're not going to dive into his whole life. At some point in time, we'll do a deep dive into his life and go through the whole thing. But in the book of Daniel, we see this guy named Daniel, and we, and we introduce to his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What is really interesting about the book of Daniel, and this is kind of for down the road, is that Daniel, we know by his Jewish name, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know by their Babylonian names. Their Jewish names get a mention, but we know them by their Babylonian name. Because here's what would happen. When the Babylonians would conquer a people, they would take the brightest young minds, which usually meant they would get for noble teenage boys. And and so Daniel came probably from an affluent family. They would take the sons of noblemen and and they would take them in and they would make them advisors. Because the Babylonians figured out if you're going to conquer a people and you've got all these cultures kind of under your thumb, the best thing to do is to figure out how those cultures work. You get ahead of problems when you understand how things work. And so what the Babylonians would do is they would take people from different cultures, they would bring them in, and they would completely change them. They would change their haircut. They would, uh, they would have, they'd be pierced. Uh, they would change their clothes. They would change their culture. They would change their language. They would change their habits. They changed everything about you. So Daniel and his friends and every other, the hundreds of young men that are, are in this, the same boat with him are being systematically turned from Jew to Babylonian. And they just keep going along, going along, going along, going along until... It gets to the point 
were the last thing for Babylonians. If you're an advisor to the king, if you're on the king's council, which is kind of what this was, then you had to eat the king's food. And the king would eat food that had been first sacrificed to idols, and this is how that would work. And so they would, they would take, cook this elaborate meal for the king, and they would put it on an altar, and they would give it to their pretend gods. We're going to feed the gods first, and whatever they don't eat, we get to eat. Now, since the pretend gods aren't real, they don't eat anything, right? I mean, it's a cool thing, right? And so then they get to eat everything. And so the kings were like, well, the gods have given us this food, and we get to eat it because they didn't want it. And so now we've given it to them, they've given it back to us. But for a Jew, that was a violation of the law of Moses. And this was the point where Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, "Uh uh-uh. This is the point where they had to make a decision because this is what had happened so far. You changed my culture, that's fine. You changed my haircut, that's fine. You changed my language, okay. You changed my clothes, cool, didn't really like the clothes I had. You pierced me, I'm not crazy about it, but I'm not going to die over it. You know, you go all these things that are happening in their life, but now you want me to give up the worship of my God. Now you want me to do something that I know at the core is wrong. And they had to make a choice. Now, let me say this real quick. Hundreds of boys, Daniel's age, went along. They just went along. Daniel wasn't the only Jew. Shadrach, they weren't the only guys. Hundreds of these young men, because that's how the Babylonians worked, went along. They just rolled. But in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, the only verse we're going to talk about today said this. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the, food, with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, we will do a deep dive into that at some point in time. But if you were here the first week, we talked about this word resolve. Resolve is a really, really important word. Because it's one thing to say, you know what? I'm going to make a resolution, so this year I'm going to do this. By the way, if you made a resolution, how many of you have broke it already? Anybody? Come on now, be honest. All right, so here's the deal. So a resolution is I think I want to do this. Resolve is I am going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. And so sometimes to say yes to something, you have to say no to something. And sometimes before you can say yes, you have to say no. And Daniel said, I'm going to say this and yes to God. And he did not know what would happen. He didn't know if he was going to be killed. He didn't know if they were going to go, you know what? That's eh, all right, fine. He didn't know what would happen. He just knew there was a line he could not cross. And so he said no to the bad food so we can say yes to God. It was a priority. His priority was basically, you can change everything about me, but you are not going to take God from me. In this God-forsaken place, I will still worship. You can have everything else, but you can't have my God. And you can't take Him from me, and you can't make me give Him up. You can do what you want. He resolved Himself. And so what I want to do this morning is talk about some things that we can resolve ourselves to do. Learn from Daniel. Say yes to some things. Maybe you have to say no to some things. Because to say yes, you say no. To say no, you say yes. It's just how it works. So I want to talk to you about some priorities as we kind of finish this, this, this series off that can help you move from the who you are to who God wants you to be. All right? 
So here's the first one. I will resolve myself to make corporate worship a priority. I will resolve myself. I will move heaven and earth. I will do what I have to to make it happen to make corporate worship a priority. What it means is this, I'll be in church. When I can be in church. When it's all up to me, I'll gather. This is not about how many show up. This is not about how much you give. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. This is about what's important to you. This is about what's important to your family. I am so grateful that my granddaughter is in church. Because we raised our kids that this place is important. Now, this is a building. And at one of these days, we're going to leave this building and go up on the highway, and we're going to worship there. If you want to go do that, it's a little cold, and it's muddy out there right now, but one day we're going to leave here, and the church will go. Because we're the church. So it's not just about coming to a building, it's about gathering with other people. It's about understanding that you're not in this by yourself. It's about understanding that when you're going through something, there's somebody who's been through it before. When there's someone who wants to support you, wants to help you, wants to love you. It's about being encouraged by the, the spoken word, maybe by a song, maybe by a conversation, maybe by a prayer. It's something that happens when you gather with God's people that does not happen when you don't. It's not about gathering in the building and it's not even about the day. Because, as y'all know, we do church twice in a week now. We do it on Sunday morning. We do it on Wednesday night. It's about making the worship of God a priority for your family. And if you're a parent, and we're going to talk about all this during the year, but hear what I'm saying. How can your kids value corporate worship with the, their kids if they haven't learned from you to value it from you. I always uh, do this thing where you say, if you could look ahead, and if you knew your kids were going to do something, what would you do? You would say, I'm going to fix that. I can't make my kids go to church. But they, they go because it was ingrained in them that the place is important. But now they go because they want to be there. And it's important to them to gather with other people. So if you really want to move from the who you are to the who God wants you to be, then resolve yourself to make gathering God's people a priority. Now the second thing we'll talk about to move from the who you are to who God wants you to be is to resolve yourself to grow with other people. This is about spiritual growth. Now, we always talk about this in, in discipleship, so let me just say this. Discipleship is not a program. Discipleship is, is personal between you and God. It is not the church's responsibility to make you grow in Christ. It's your responsibility to grow in Christ. Okay? So just so we understand. With that said, the church has an obligation to, to make sure there's a place where you can connect with other people on a level that's more intimate and personal. Worship. Call it Sunday school, call it small group, call it Bible study, call it whatever you want to. It is important that we gather with other people to grow with other people to grow in Christ. It's important. It matters. And if you want to move from the who you are to who God wants you to be, you'll make this a priority. An hour, last hour, 
there were people of all ages gathered all over our property studying together. Every Wednesday night, while we're having church in here, there's people studying over there. At some point in time, we're going to talk about some other alternatives to, to doing this, but we're not ready to talk about that yet, so we're not going to talk about it now. Okay? But it's because this is important to grow in Christ, to become who you are, to fulfill your created purpose. To know God and be known by God, one of the places this happens is when you gather in small places and you study and you share and you pray and you discuss with other people. And if you really want to move from who you are to who God wants you to be, you resolve yourself to grow with others. Third thing we're going to talk about this morning real quick is this. I will resolve myself to the one. We spent three weeks talking about this earlier in the year. That one person in your life who doesn't know Christ, that one person in your life who is headed to hell, that one person in your life who's kind of drifting away from God. Because if you've ever been in the ocean, and, and I love the ocean, but one of the most dangerous and most awesome places to be is the current. Years and years ago, my brother and I was grown up adults, and I was kids, so we got in and we floated one mile down the beach and did not notice we'd gone one mile down the beach. Now, we're grown-ups, had kids. You know, it's not like we were eight years old and did it. You know, because you're running, where are your parents at? Well, they didn't care where we were. Um, but we floated a mile, and here's the deal. We didn't realize until we looked up and said, where are we at? And we got out of the water and started walking. And then we clocked it that night. I said, oh, my goodness. Had no idea. Didn't know how long it took. Had no clue because that's what happens in life. Caught in the current of life. You get busy. And you start drifting. And one day, you wake up and you realize, man, when's the last time I was in church? Has it been six weeks? It doesn't really feel like six weeks. Has it been nine weeks? Has it been three we get so caught up in the things that are going on in our life, we forget what, what matters. And there are people in your life who are doing that. And someone needs to have the guts to pull them out of the current and anchor them. And so the church is not just a place where lost people come. It's a place where saved people can anchor themselves in the storms that are going on out in this life. There's someone in your life who needs to know the Lord. There's someone in your life who needs to grow in Christ. I have lived here five months. And I'm working on four families right now. Not because I'm the preacher, because I'm a Christian. I'm working on four families right now, and I've been here five months. Because the one matters. Luke chapter 15, the principle of the one, the one matters. So who's in your life? Who's drifting away from the church? Who's drifting away from God? Who is it in your life who's facing eternity in hell? The one matters. And if you want to move from who you are to who God wants you to be, there's no better way than invest in a person. Which leads us to the next thing. I will resolve myself to give generously of my time and my resources. Now, full disclosure, I like talking about money. And later on in the year, we're going to spend three weeks talking about nothing but money. And people always, and when I about money or we start preachers start talking about money some people like it some people don't and the people go well let's talk about 
Jesus talked about. So let me, let me break this down for you ahead of time. Jesus talked about money more than heaven and more than hell. He talked about money more than anything else. And it's not even close. But we're not just talking about money. We're talking about giving generously of your time and giving generously of your resources. So here's what it means. And we're going to talk about both these things later in the year. So let me just give you a heads up. This is what it means. It means God has blessed me with some gifts. I should give them back to the church and find a place where I can serve the church. Statistically, it works like this. 4% of the church does 96% of the work. And 96% of the church does 4%. That's bad math. That's bad math. And it doesn't matter if it's a big church or a small church. That's, that's pretty generally the way it works. Give generously of the gifts that God has given you, the talents God's given you. Give them back to the church. Find a place to serve. Find your niche. But also, at the same time, we should give of our resources. And we're going to talk about that later on. So let me say this. This is not about writing a check. All right, I'm, I'm not big on that. This is, this is what this is about. This is about when the offering plate comes by, you put your heart on the plate. Because you, what you value most is what matters most to you. If a dollar matters most to you, when you put a dollar in the offering plate, you're giving your heart. I tell people all the time, I've been saying it for years and years and years, and I'll say it again later on. I tell people this, and I'm not trying to offend anyone, I'm just being honest. If you can't give joyfully, the best thing you do is hang on to your check. And God will get it from someone else. Someone will give generously of their resources. So it's not just about dropping a check. It's not just about giving a dollar. It's about giving your heart. Because that's where your treasure is. And if you want to move from who you are to who God wants you to be, it's a great place to start. It's a great place to keep going. It's a great place to go to the next level, whatever that is for you. And we're getting ready to build a building at some point in time. We're probably going to be talking about money somewhere along the way. I'm just, I'm just saying. Next thing. If you want to move from the who you are, God wants you to be, so I will resolve myself to make a difference in someone's life for the sake of the kingdom. Talked about this a, few weeks, a couple weeks back. I will make a difference in someone's life. I will take a risk, and I'll make a difference. God puts people in my path every day. If you're a school teacher, you have no idea how blessed you are because God puts precious people in your path every single day. God puts coworkers in your path every day who are tired of dealing with those precious people God puts in your path. You know what I'm saying? Who are tired of dealing with parents, who are frustrated, who are struggling. God puts all kinds of people in your path. If you coach, the kids you coach, man, God put them in your path. It's a blessing. If you have a job, man, those people God put in your path. When you go to the grocery store, whatever you do, wherever you go, God puts people in your path every day. And if you really want to move from who you are to who God wants you to be, you will resolve yourself to make a difference in someone's life. One person. Just one. Not everybody. Pick one. I make this really easy because everyone's overwhelming. Pick one. Make a difference in one person's life. And then when you're done, you can pick another one then. Just pick one. 
What if, I don't know how many people are here, but just imagine this. What if every one of us said, you know what? This month, we're going to make a difference in one person's life. We're going to make a kingdom difference in one person's life. Can you imagine the impact that can make in Sylvania, Scraven County? What is just one person committed to it? Because the one matters. Daniel had a tough choice to make. For Daniel, it was life or death. When Daniel said, I resolve myself not to do this, you can't make me not worship God. I'm not going to not worship God. There's nothing you can do. When he resolved himself not to do that, he risked everything for the worship of his God. So for those of us who have resolve ourselves to do just as much, I will resolve myself to move from who I am to who God wants me to be. That's the question. So imagine if this is your story. Imagine if you decide that in 2019, I will resolve myself to live my life as if I actually take Jesus seriously and at his word. What if I will resolve myself to realign my priorities to make sure that I'm keeping God in the lead position of my life? I will resolve myself to make sure my family is in worship. I'll resolve myself to make sure that my friends' kids who come to house know that at least someone loves them. Not knowing what I'll face this year. And that's the tough part. Not knowing if life's going to be really good or really bad. I will understand that whatever I face, God is greater and bigger and better than. And whatever happens in my life, God is greater than what will happen. And God can do anything God wants to do. And what God chooses to do or not do, I will choose and resolve myself to trust Him. I will live my life for God's greater glory, not mine. I will do everything in my power to move from the who I am and bridge this gap from the who I am to the who God wants me to be. Imagine if that were your story. I want that to be my story. I got a lot of work to do. Imagine the kingdom difference we could make as we move closer and closer and closer and closer to who God wants us to be. Lord, we are um, grateful for your mercies um, and your blessings in our life. Lord, we are on a journey. We're moving towards you or we're moving away from you. I pray that you will lead us all to do everything in our power to move to who you want us to be, to realign our priorities, to line up with who you want us to be. To follow you with our head and our heart, not one or the other. With all of us, with all that we are, to follow you faithfully. What a difference it could make. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand now?